Intro time. That Hello. Was, that was perfect. What what kind of alert was that? Um, email alert, maybe? It hit, like, right as I pressed record. Uh-huh. So that'll be, like, the very first thing you hear when you listen to this show. Oh, that's cool. Maybe, maybe we'll just do that every time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got a good show for you. A nice, nice long show. Yep. Due to my absence last week, Nick and I... Just kind of, just kind of caught up. Just kind of caught up with each other and talked about shit. Yep. You know, talked about uh, our our philosophy on being a band and mm-hmm. putting stuff out for people and uh, not being selfish. Um, working, which played into that topic. Yeah, we talked about a lot. I feel like I went on a couple of rants, but that's okay. That's what yeah. this is about. It's okay. Um, we kind of, a lot of our conversations today started and then completely changed into something else. So yeah. you'll have to, you know, keep up with us, I feel yeah. like. Got some horror movie stuff, some, some comic book stuff, some video game stuff. Our usual topics. Yeah, we, we hit. hit it all. Yeah. So, um, as usual, uh... Check us out at um, well all across social media, starting with uh, Twitter at Super Divorce, Instagram Super Divorce Band, Snapchat Super Divorce, Facebook.com slash Super Divorce, and uh, what else? Our official website, SuperDivorceMe.com, um, the Divorce Club on Super Divorce on uh, Facebook. Divorce Club on Facebook. Uh, mm-hmm. You can search for that. Um, you can... I'm going to pitch myself. You can follow me personally on uh, Instagram at BenderButt. Uh, and then you can also email us, Super Divorce... Uh, for divorce Club at SuperDivorceMe.com. Right. It's a t- such a tongue twister. It's not really. But I just, you divorce know. Club at SuperDivorceMe.com. We want to hear from you. We talk about it in this episode, how much we want to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, just, just, just get at us on social medias. Hit us up. Mm-hmm. And uh, make sure that you tune in. Just go to, just go on over to superdivorceme.com slash superfanatics on Friday and uh, superdivorceme.com slash superscary on Saturday. Yep. For new episodes of uh, those programs, respectively. Yeah. This week, uh, I th- we're pretty sure we're going to be bringing you a double dose of Halloween, or I'm sorry, not Halloween, double dose of holiday yeah. horror with uh, uh, the cr- the movie Krampus on Saturday from you know the one from last year, and then also the graphic novel continuation. Mm-hmm. Of the movie Krampus, uh, on Super Fanatics on Friday, um, so hopefully, hopefully that's what we're gonna bring you. If not, we'll have other topics for you. And maybe we'll, Old Man Logan. Maybe Old Man Logan. Maybe Saga. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Yeah, we'll we'll bring you something, but hopefully it'll be Krampus and Krampus. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's that about does it for the intro. Stick around, enjoy the show, and um, we will see you in the outro. Yeah. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce.
welcome to the Super Divorce Supercast. I'm Nicholas. I'm Bander. And uh, we're here with our... What is the last... Uh, wait. What month is it going to be? Well, this goes out tomorrow, right? Yeah. It'll still so, be November. It's our last cast of last, November. Okay. Yeah. Can you tell we're rushing again like last week? <laughs> we're having another hot and ready, fresh off the presses podcast for it you. It is. I'm looking because I was just... 30 it's a 30 month yeah. i don't i don't is, is that okay to not have like the days of the months memorized at 31 years old yeah because i don't know how many days are in every month i don't give a fuck <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't make any difference to me how many days are in a month it's a month and then like it changes i what it's 31 day is not a difference. Now, if you were 31 years old and every month was like 15 days, 27 days, yeah, that's... 36 days, <laughs> then like I'd be like, come on, man, yeah. like get, get it together. But one day doesn't make as much of a difference to me as like, as, as much as February pisses me off because there's only 28 days. Yeah. You know, it's like, fed. why, why even be a month? Yeah. And then there's leap year sometimes. Yeah. Like right? what's, what's with that? So... I guess, like, for record-keeping, it would be good to know in case, like, shit goes down and you don't have a calendar on your computer or your phone you can pull up. Yeah, but who doesn't have a calendar on their phone or computer? I'm saying, like, if shit goes down. Oh, like, like okay. in the world shit. Yeah. And you're trying to keep track of the days, you might get to, like, 30 and be like, <laughs> <laughs> are there 30 or 31 days? <laughs> So you meet up with a group of survivors, you know, like a year later. Right. And you've got different dates. And it's like, well, who's right? Right. And then you debate about it and then you slaughter each other. And then you just, mankind just dies out because everybody fights over how many days are in each month. (laughs) (laughs) I guess maybe, maybe you could make it like your prime objective to find a calendar somewhere that projected out like 50 years yeah you know then you could you could see right you could, maybe you could go back and check it against the records that you had been keeping and be like oh fuck uh-huh i had 31 days that month and there are only 30 that means i'm gonna be off i'm not to change my shit yeah or you could at least just you could just find a calendar in general and then you would just be able to know how many days are in each month like you just find a calendar keep the calendar and then anytime somebody was like there's only 28 days in September, you could be like, uh-uh-uh, yeah, but I, I found s- this puppy dog calendar. <laughs> but the reason I, I said you'd need one that projects is for the leap year thing, because I don't know when the next one is. Well, it's every four years, right? When was the last one? This year. It's was 2016, it? so the this next the one would year? be 2020, I think. Obviously, I'm not, I, I don't follow this stuff. I'm pretty sure it's every four four years. That sounds right. I believe you. I'm 27. I don't know. <laughs> I just want to. I just want to drink this beer. <laughs> We're gonna move out of the realm of um, calendar talk, dystopian calendar <laughs> futures, and, and move right on to beer me. <laughs> and we're bearing each other with uh, Dogfish Head beer for breakfast stout at eight o'clock at night. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. That is yummy. 
you want to tell everyone what the description says? Where's the... Hold on. Okay, here's the description. A stout tricked out, good rhyming, Mm -hmm. with all sorts of breakfast ingredients, huge notes of coffee in the nose give way to sweet, smoky, and savory layers in the flavor. Ale brewed with scrapple, I don't know what that is, spices, coffee, maple syrup with coffee added. This beer reminds me of uh, the other day I went out with uh, Mr. Matt Garrett for a little day drinking, which was awesome. Uh-huh. But we met up at this new bar in Springboro called uh, Crooked Handle Brewery. And they brew like a bunch of their own beer in-house. And I had their coffee stout with coffee pressed by Matt Garrett at Heather's Coffee and Cafe, which is also located in Springboro. It was delicious. We should go there. I will go there. Where, whereabouts in Springboro? It is uh, in the same shopping center as Dorothy Lane Market. Oh, Just okay. uh, like DLM is, you know, like here, and it's around the corner by that B-dubs. Oh. It's, right. uh, it's very nice. It's a very nice establishment, and I met the owners. Hmm. And uh, they seem very cool. They wanted to set up an art show with your wife. Oh, really? Yeah, I got their card because they have local art. And uh, they're kind of getting ready to switch it out. So Studio 85 might have a showcase there. Very damn cool. Yeah. Working for your wife. (laughs) That's what what I do. (laughs) Out on recon. Uh Uh-huh. Well, that's that's cool news. And they are a dog-friendly bar. You mm. can just fucking bring your dog into the bar. Can you? Yeah. Well, I'm not bringing my dog. No. <laughs> I probably won't take mine either for a while. However, they are just... The lady was like, yep, you can just bring your dog in. So that's pretty cool. Do they allow the dogs to drink? I hope not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would be bad. <laughs> It's a nasty ass parts uh, up in there. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about the label of this real quick. It's a great label. It is, and um, it's like it's like a high class type of paper. Yeah, it's, you know, uh-huh, it's a, it's like textured. Mm-hmm. Very, very neat. Very, uh, very like like a farmhouse maple syrup bottle. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Very, very cool. It's pretty awesome. And there is a nice pig in flannel and a trucker hat on it. He even has a pierced ear, it looks like. That's, um... It's kind of hipstery, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, like, not in a bad way. No, I'm just saying, if you're trying to get a visual in, in your mind... Yeah, he's a hipster pig, for sure. Yeah. For sure. He's got his, yeah, the little trucker hat. Mm Mm-hmm. His flannel. <laughs> the the plug in his one ear, which is probably supposed to be a tag, but still. Yeah. It, it's circular, so it looks like a a plug or a, or a gauge for you people who don't know what I'm talking yeah. about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's eating a big old stack of pancakes. <laughs> Buttery and syrupy pancakes with a cup of joe mm-hmm. right there. It's great. It's great yeah. beer. Yeah. Well, uh, boy, so let's talk about the uh, the time of year 
without referring to the calendar in particular. It's Christmas time. It's now Christmas time. Officially. We've uh, moved past Black Friday, yeah. uh, past Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and we are now in uh, peak Christmas season. Yeah, yeah. Which, speaking of, speaking of Black Friday, though, to backstep from Christmas season, you and I went out for Black Friday. Yeah, we did. We went out... Um, my son Lazarus went out with us. We went out to uh, the Tri-County Mall yep. to visit a closing Suncoast. Which is sad, but fortunate because we got a bunch of cool deals. Yeah. <laughs> we did. It, it's bittersweet. Yeah. It's always bittersweet when a store like that goes out of business. Just like it was bittersweet when all the blockbusters were going out of business. It was awesome because you, you got to walk in and buy shit for like a dollar but it sucked because it was a blockbuster that was going out of business. And now there are no blockbusters left. Anywhere. Thanks, Netflix. Yeah. Netflix and Redbox had to ruin it for everyone. Yeah, for real. We still have family video. Yeah. But there aren't many of them. No. There's not one near enough to me to like just go on a regular basis. They do let you rent a ridiculous number of movies for a <laughs> price. Really? Yeah. Like, if you go in on certain days... You'll walk up at the counter and you'll be like, you know you get a free re- a free rental with each one of these. So you picked out like four movies and now you have to go grab four more oh my God. just for free. <laughs> Good deals. Yeah. Maybe that's how they've uh, stayed in business. Well, you can buy a lot of movies at Family Video too, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. I think pretty much anything you rent is also for sale. Yeah. Like you rent it now and then you pay like a few more dollars and you just keep it. Which is awesome, but... I am, you know, a stickler for, like, I have to have the box art and, like, unencumbered by stickers and things like that, like... And, you know, not to mention how people treat discs. Right, you can never be sure. Just never be sure. Yeah. But, I don't know. But going to Suncoast was cool. We walked away with some tasty choice, uh... What do we call them? What do you call them on the on Super Scary? Uh, craft brewed yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah. Some Arrow video releases, and you picked up a couple of Vestron releases. Yes, I did. I got uh, Chud Two was the Vestron release. Uh huh. The original Chud I picked up, which was an Arrow release. Yep. And didn't get any Scream Factory stuff. I was looking at that thing, the thing. Yeah. On Blu-ray. John Carpenter's. Yeah. That would be that would be nice. It I, looks like a really cool, you know, little bundle you get all the the extras that are on the disc. Yeah, there were I have you know just like a standard DVD version of that, and there's a decent amount of extras on it. I watched them all. Like, I believe the guy that did all the monster effects in that was Rob Bottin. Um, he has like a, a nice long interview about how they did all of the different effects and things like that, and how they you know, accomplished different feats of movie magic. Uh, but, you know, there's all, I'm sure there's plenty of added stuff with the Screen Factory release. Doing Super Scary has given, given me, like, new incentive to actually watch all that stuff mm-hmm. or listen to commentary because I like being able to pepper in little tidbits, you know, that are of interest, things yeah. that are particularly uh, insightful or... Just little pieces of trivia. Speaking of trivia, you showed me a, a cool card game. Yeah. Uh, what was it called? Slash cards? Slash cards. Yeah. 
definitely want to pick that up. That sounds awesome. It's just a, it's a, it's a basically like trivial pursuit essentially. Uh, but it's, it's all about, it's all cards. There's no board or anything. I don't think. And it's all horror movie trivia. And, uh, I was delighted because when I was reading the description, I at least recognized every title that they mentioned. They were like, Oh, we've got trivia from this movie all the way up to this movie. And I was like, I recognize like all six of these. So at least I have that going yeah. for me. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I might not know who directed it, what year and who starred in it, but I at least know what that is. And maybe you'll find out from playing. Yeah, exactly. But it I, looked like it started on Kickstarter and it's available on Amazon now. Yeah. So they met their goal and got it produced, which is awesome. Yeah. So I want to pick that up sometime. It, it sounds like a sweet game to play, especially for, uh, how, uh, I mean, you've always, I know you've always been a fan of horror, but I feel like we're, we're both even still growing in that with all this, with this super scary business. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, well, I I remember talking to, I don't know, it's been a while, but I remember you saying at one point you were kind of sad because you used to have a pretty regular routine of buying horror movies and then you kind of stopped. Yep. And, and I know I haven't been a regular purchaser of movies for quite a while but right doing super scary it's uh it's incentivized me to start doing that again and i i guess it's cool being in the doing the show in the in the horror genre because we've got these cool companies that are doing such awesome releases it all it makes you feel like you're uh you're kind of scratching the collector itch as well yeah because you're not just going out and buying a random dvd that's at walmart for five dollars it's like right you're you're tracking down these these well-crafted uh you know movies that have a lot of effort put into their restorations yeah it's like buying fine art you Mm -hmm. know like it's it's really it's really awesome i mean we've talked at length plenty of times about how great these companies are and it really is it's really you know I, I've been, but for, you know, for every Screen Factory or Arrow release that I purchase, I do buy like six, five dollar <laughs> movies because I'm just like, yes, yeah. collection, collection, collection. Mm-hmm. But it's great. I've, I have felt very satisfied in the last couple weeks because I have made a point to like pick up things here and there, uh, horror movie wise. And it's been great. It's been really great. Yeah. It's nice to have, you know, Lindsay is very very up on on horror and stuff like that she's very much on the same level as i am but it's nice to have you where we're 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 actively increasing our knowledge and actively increasing our collections like together at the same pace like it's cool to have that camaraderie you know as we go through this but yeah it's, it's super awesome yeah so if you're listening and you haven't watched uh, Super Scary yet, check it out. You do? I love it. We have a lot of fun doing that show. Yeah. And uh, we're having fun with Super Fanatics. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's starting to come together. Definitely. The last episode was super good. Yeah. It's fun. Because I feel like it's it's almost falling in line with the same formula of Super Scary. Yep. At the beginning with Fanatics, it was kind of scattered and just kind of like uh, comics. You've uh-huh. got such a broad topic, you know, there. There's so many things you could talk about. 
even if you said we're going to focus on Spider-Man this week, uh-huh. you wouldn't even know where where, where the fuck do you begin yeah. with Spider-Man. So doing like little arcs for a particular graphic novel, I think, has really helped us kind of zoom in on one subject, yeah. and then we can kind of expand upon that. It helps to to stay focused and also inspire people to go and check out new shit. Yeah, I did. I know we, you know, we we changed up our uh, our schedule a little bit, but I did read back through Saga today. I just read the first six issues. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking good. It's it's just I Brian K. Vaughn is such a humanistic writer. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like his dialogue and the situations he puts his characters in are. so unrelatable and relatable at the same time like I can't fucking relate to a dude with horns marrying a woman with wings and having a baby in a galaxy wide war but I can't yeah (laughs) at the same time (laughs) yeah it's just he I think he writes dialogue as real as like he's like the Tarantino of comic books Mm -hmm. I think Tarantino has some of the most real dialogue in film and uh, he has this ability to like write his characters, and the actors are able to deliver what he needs to come across as just like, yep, that's this is how these characters interact. That is what they sound like, you know. I mean, the opening scene of Reservoir Dogs, where they're just fucking talking about Madonna, is like class, like point, you know, point one or the example A. And that's what it is. I mean, it's, yeah. his whole style is in that scene, and it's great. And I think Vaughn does that with comic books, which is a lot harder because no one's fucking talking. Yeah. You don't know what these characters sound like. You don't know, you know, what necessarily how old they are or anything like that. So you don't really have, a lot of times you don't have a frame of reference like that. But the way he writes, you are able to fill in the gaps that are missing out from just being straightforward told on a page. Well, right. my mom is 29 and my dad is 30 or blah, yeah. blah, whatever it is. Well, speaking of Tarantino and his dialogue, I was just having a conversation with Kyle. You might recognize Kyle, listener. Uh, he was a special guest on an episode of Super Scary where we talked about Children of the Living Dead. Yep. Anyway, I was talking to him and uh, he said he started watching 31 and he ended up turning it off. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but he made the comparison between, well, I guess he made the point anyway, that uh, he thought Rob Zombie tries to be Tarantino with his dialogue, but fails. I can like see he's that. Not, he's not equipped with the tools mentally you know, whatever it is creatively to right. be able to write dialogue the way Tarantino does, but he tries to anyway, mm-hmm. and he doesn't do a good job. Mm-hmm. And I said I could see that. I <clears throat> I think my problem with 31 was uh, I wanted it to be more over the top. Yeah. And I told you this. I The main killer, Doomhead, I thought it would have been sweet if he was just like a huge mutant, you know, just a... Uh-huh fucking monster literally yeah and if you you would have taken out I, I think with that movie you could have taken out the entire beginning or reduced it down to like one minute where you see them driving the van hits a trap flips they all wake up in the warehouse and then it's just 
an Goes hour and a half yeah. of just brutal, weird killers uh-huh. and just go full tilt in that direction as opposed to trying to pepper in any semblance of like the feel or vibe you get from Devil's Rejects. Because I think maybe what happened with him is he, I don't, I don't want to say got lucky or overachieved, but I have trouble finding a different way of putting it. Yeah, like I know what you mean. You know, he that might have been his masterpiece within that realm of horror cinema. Yeah, and he's not going to do any better. So maybe he should have gone back to the other side of House of a Thousand Corpses and just gone as visual monsters and monsters yeah. over the top. I agree. I mean, God, Devil's Rejects is is a crowning achievement of horror cinema. Like. And there's a lot of people that fucking hate Rob Zombie. And I don't understand why. Like, House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects, the, the, you know, the Firefly family are instant classics, in my opinion. And it was, it's great because he took characters from House of a Thousand Corpses and only made them better mm-hmm. in the Devil's Rejects. Like, Otis only got better in the sequel, Baby Doll got better in the sequel. Like, you know, Captain Spaulding got better in the sequel. It, it was just like this. You're right. There, there was. It was. It represented two opposite sides of the spectrum, where you've got visceral, visual, monster, weird ass flick, and then you have grounded in reality, serial killer. You know, no holds bar, like unholy people. But they are the they play the same characters in both movies, and like I just I don't understand how a real horror fan can dislike it because it's so good, and I think his movies have gone downhill, and it's unfortunate because part of it is like yeah I, I agree with Kyle I think he tries to emulate Tarantino maybe unintentionally yeah but tries to emulate Tarantino. But it's also like he's trying to live up to his first two films and so far has just been falling flat. I, I still really enjoyed his Halloween movies. So did I. I like the first one much better than the second. Yeah. But I still think both are decent. I know a lot of people hate both of them. But I think they're good. I, I'll, yeah. I'll watch them again. I like his Michael Myers. I like his take on it. I watch Rob Zombie's Halloween more than I watch John Carpenter's Halloween to be honest. I, everybody gets so pissed off about Michael's backstory and growing up in the sanitarium and shit. I think it's cool because while, you know, there was an, did you see that interview recently with John Carpenter where somebody asked about Rob Zombie's Halloween and yeah, the internet kind of like went ablaze because John Carpenter said like Rob Zombie was a dick or something like that. Yeah, and then everybody was like, "Oh, John Carpenter hates Rob Zombie," mm-hmm. and you know, but John said in the interview he was like, "I didn't really get the whole backstory because Michael is supposed to be kind of this, just this force of nature." Yeah, and giving him a backstory like grounded him too much in reality, and I was just like, "But that's awesome." Mm-hmm. It's it's way creepier to me. And I guess, you know, John Carpenter would disagree with me, 
But it's way creepier to me to have this kid who is sort of a product of his environment and he grew up in a shitty place and he just like already had a little devil in him and his environment didn't fucking help and then he slaughters everyone, grows up in a sanitarium and can, and like never changes. Just like is fucking dead-eyed, hates the world, wants to kill things. And I don't think that that backstory changed what a force of nature he was. Yeah, I mean, they they tried to... And it wasn't as if Rob Zombie was the first one to start exploring why. Because <laughs> yeah. you had that... The, the shit that they were going to do with, you know, the cult. Uh, what was that? The Curse of Michael Myers? Mm-hmm. Where they start exploring that. And there's... I don't remember much of the movie, but I remember, like... There was some cult that was supposedly responsible for him being the way he was, and you know he, he was like a cursed. Everyone's child got a backstory. Story. I don't know. I, I mean, mean, yeah, I guess if you want to leave it a mystery, fine. But that doesn't mean that there's not a backstory there. It just means you don't know it. Yeah, you know, I, you know Jason has a backstory from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, right up at, from the start, Jason has a backstory. Freddie gets a backstory eventually where his mom was like raped by a thousand inmates and their sperm culminated in one demon baby that haunts people's dreams. Like, you know, I don't, I don't look down on Rob Zombie for giving Michael Myers a thought out and filmed backstory. It doesn't bother me. Cause I, because I'm the kind of person that wonders, like, well, what the fuck was he doing from the time he was a kid and kills his sister to the time he's old and comes back for his half-sister or whatever? Mm-hmm. I want to know. And yeah. I'm glad Rob Zombie fucking showed me. Well, even in the originals, you know that Loomis was Season. interacting yeah. with him and taught him to drive and all this other shit. You know, there was I haven't some watched sort of... the original in a long time. Yeah. I, I, I prefer the original. Yeah. I'll say that. But I, I definitely enjoyed Zombie's take on them as well. I think this the once Michael gets into the house in the uh, original is much better than in the new one. Because I don't... I haven't watched either of them in a while, but I don't think you get the scene in the closet in the new one. Not quite the same you know that's that scene where jamie lee curtis you know stabs michael or whatever and i think in the eye with the hanger yeah after he's busted in busted through the wood panels yeah and he falls over and she crawls to the door and then he sits up behind her that's like that's classic Mm -hmm. and that's scary and that's what that movie is about you know that's what makes that movie famous yeah but so I, you know, I can, I, I think that that sequence is is much better in Carpenter's version, but I don't, I don't knock Zombies' version at all. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's our hot take on Rob Zombie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, I also wanted to to bring up, um, since you were talking about Saga, the Krampus graphic novel uh-huh. Fiona Staples did the artwork fuck yes yeah yes 
That's awesome. Who, Fiona Staples, if you're not familiar with her, she is uh, an incredible artist. Amazing. She does all the art for Saga. Uh, she did a couple issues of Archie. No, I think she just did the first issue. Was it just the first one? It was her and Mark Wade. Was Maybe it was a couple. She might have done like the first six or something like that, but she's not doing it anymore and it sucks. She did a couple issues of the Archie relaunch and she does covers every now and then. She's got a cover for uh, Thor with mm-hmm. Jane Foster. She has a cover for Wicked and Divine. She's got a uh, Not Safe for Work cover for Sex Criminals coming oh, up. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is going to be amazing, I'm sure. But Fiona Stables is great. She does amazing work. So that now I, I'm definitely pumped to read that Krampus novel. Which I think we might we might talk about that on uh, Super Fanatics. We're still going to try and do Old Man Logan. Probably. We'll, I mean, we'll see. Friday. It's, it's, it's just, did you ever figure out where your issues are? Um, I've got a few leads. A few leads? Yeah. We're just trying so. to track those down, and once we get them, we'll get them, and we'll bring it to you. Yeah, we've been trying for about a month now. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're finally going to get around to it this week. Yeah. So. Probably. Uh, if not, you'll either get Krampus or you might get Saga. Yeah. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Uh, my uh, my sister had a baby today. Oh. Well, congratulations to your sister. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, he was born at like 925 this morning. His name is Emmett. Emmett? Yeah. Nice, strong manly name strapping young lad i would assume the everything went well nice healthy child yeah he was born on his projected due date oh wow like today was when the doctor was like your due date is what's the november 28th you know way back when when they set a due date it's like we're you're probably due on uh probably due around november 28th by god the kid was born on november 28th wow and when does that ever happen? Ever? I've never heard of that happening. Yeah. Yeah, so... Born today. She was supposed to go in for an appointment, you know, and I guess... To be like, okay, today's my due date, now what, you know, what what's gonna happen? And, like, she woke up this morning and went into labor. <laughs> and went to the hospital. Well, um... Punctual. Yeah. <laughs> Kid's gonna be on time <laughs> for the rest of his life. <laughs> But I think uh, I think I'm gonna go. Hopefully, I'll get to meet him on Wednesday. Wednesday this week, so just gotta get through tomorrow. And then yeah. Back to work tomorrow. Yeah, just just uh, well, I gotta go in early now. But someone call off? No, I just have to go in early for a meeting. But uh, it's, it's whatever, it's, it's when when do I not have to go in early? <laughs> what kind of meeting is it gonna be tomorrow? Um, it's going to be a meeting about the schedule because the new cook has been requesting a lot of things for only being there for like a month. So, I mean, it's, it sucks because I'm such a laid back, I don't give a fuck kind of person and like work is work. I'll just work, whatever, which is something that is severely lost on a lot of people that are my age some people that are older many people that are younger just you just you work yeah you just get a job and you work 
Period. My favorite is people who, and I would run into this quite a bit when I was managing uh, this or that retail place. It's like people bitch about not having money, but then those same people wouldn't be like, all right, um, you know, we one person can go home early today. It would be those people who always raise their hand. They're like, okay, I want to leave. But it's like yesterday you were bitching about how Oh, I don't get enough hours. I, I, I don't make enough money here. And they're always the first people to cut out yep. and take off if they get the opportunity to do so. So it's, yeah. Which makes me feel validated a little bit because I complain about money a lot. And I know I do because I've complained to you plenty of times. Yeah, but I know you work your ass off. So like. <laughs> All the time. I am at work, on time, every single day, without fail. I never call off. I never change my schedule around. I am there when they want me to be, when they ask me to be, on time, period. And I still feel like I don't have enough money, so I'm allowed to bitch about it. You know? And you do your job when you're there, right? Of course I do. I, you know? I make better food than anyone else there. I, you know, I'm, I'm done when I need to be done. I clean up what I need to clean up. And I don't make enough That's money. another thing that, that I can't, I don't know. People who you agree to go in and work someplace. Someone's going to pay you money to do a job and then you go in and don't want to work. Like why should you why should you expect someone to want to pay you if you're not doing the job that you signed up to do? Yeah. Like that's another thing that's just always boggled my mind is people who are just like just inherently lazy. And can't even be coaxed into to doing their job. You know, right. you have to, like, threaten them or write them up or shit like that. It's like, just, if you have a job, just fucking do your job. It makes the time go. Everybody has to work. You know? That's, I mean, that's my philosophy. Like, you can't, you shouldn't be figuring out ways to leech off the system. I mean, yeah. I'm sure millions of people do it or thousands of people do it, whatever. And those people exist and you know what? They suck. Yeah. Like you can't just sit around and not work. My, my whole deal is like life is childhood work die. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that to sound bleak. It's just what you do. Mm -hmm. That's what you do as an adult person. Well, everything now, that, there's plenty of people that get famous. Yeah. I mean, but even the famous people are working. That's their job. And I'm sure that it looks glamorous to a lot of people who are just like working class, you know, nine to five. But if you were plucked out of your everyday and then, let's say, dropped into the shoes of, of a celebrity who wakes up and, you know, let's say they just finished for an actor. They just wrapped shooting a movie where they were on set for 12 hours a day for a month straight. A month straight. And now you wrap that up and maybe you get a few weeks to like recuperate and, and shit, but you're still probably going out and doing like public appearances. Doing auditions. Then, yeah, for your next role. You've got to hit all the public stuff for your movie that's coming out yeah, that you just wrapped for, on. Yeah, when your movie is about to be released or they're starting to build it, you're going to have public appearances Tonight show, later ABUs, show, you know, morning show. You're going all across the country. Radio the shows yep. where you're going to call in to probably fucking hundreds throughout the course of a few months yep. where you have to be there to do it, you know. You're showing up in studio or you're making sure, hey, at 3 o'clock I've got to call 
this radio station for 15 minutes. Like Right, and then at 3.30, I have to call this radio station. Yeah. So your schedule is going to be jam-packed. I think a lot of people look at celebrities and they just think that, oh, they shoot a movie for a month and then they get to sit on their ass for two years until they do another movie. But that's not what they're doing. You know, same with musicians. If you're a famous musician, you are probably spending a lot of time writing and then you record and you spend a lot of time recording and then you do the same kind of promotional shit for your record and then you go out and tour, which is a full-time affair going from city to city. Every day. Yeah. Still, while touring, probably making those same kinds of phone calls where you're calling into a radio station for an interview for... 10 15 minutes but how many times are you doing that over the course of a few months it's probably fucking mind-blowing you're probably hitting at least one radio station in every town you go to and that includes either calling in or appearing on the radio station doing acoustic performances at the radio station for a morning show right where you have to be in at like 6 a.m and then you you have to perform that night until midnight Mm -hmm. and then get up six hours later and do it in another city, in another state, on the next radio show. You've got to be ready to give yourself. That's what it comes down to. And so like you said, that's all work that you're doing. It doesn't have to be excruciating. I think you can put yourself in a place where you're grateful that that's your job. But at the same time, you're providing something. You're providing the listeners of a morning show to hear what you have to say about the questions that you're going to be asked. You're providing people with a soundtrack to their lives. You're providing people with a few hours of um, entertainment in the evening. Or you're you're just providing people with fucking food to eat. Yeah. You work. That's what adults do. But, yeah, no matter what you're doing, you are giving something back. Yeah. Because all the while, as you're living your life, as you're working, no doubt you're consuming what other people are putting forth with their work. Yeah. So it's a give and take. There's there's an exchange being had there. You can't expect to just fucking sit there and consume, consume, consume without putting anything else back out into the world. Right. And I think that's been, I mean, this segues very nicely into, I think, what we're doing with this band. My perspective on music and creativity has totally changed over the years. And I take full responsibility for... Being 31 years old, having played music for 12 years, and not achieving the level of success that I want to yet, because I think for a very, very long time, the majority of my career in music, I had the wrong mindset. I was thinking, okay, well, if I make make quality music, I should just be rewarded for it. Mm -hmm. Like... I'll make an album, I'll put it out, and people will just be like floored and be like, man, I gotta listen to this and I want this person to be successful now because their music is so good. But that's not how it works because a lot of people out there are making awesome music and they'll never go anywhere because they don't, they don't get that. They don't, they don't ever ask themselves what else they can give. Yeah. And that's been my philosophy since this band started. It's like, on top of making good music, I think it's it's more important to give back in other ways as well, to make real connections with people, to offer shit to them that other people aren't offering, you know, so that uh, they've got more more reason to uh, support you and to follow you than just oh their music's pretty cool, yeah, you know, 
you think about, you know, your favorite band of all time, MCR, mm-hmm. and like, of course, they're, you know, one of the leaders of the, the emo movement of the 2000s, but they did so much more than that. Gerard Way does so much more than that. I think he's one of those people who maybe maybe it wasn't a, a, a conscious thing that he did, but no doubt he has offered more to the world than just writing a song, recording it, and putting it out there. Yeah. You know, he was the the face of a particular movement by making himself available for so many interviews and being all over all over the place. And, mm-hmm. um, and when he was... When he was exposed to fame, when he was sort of, I would, I mean, I would even go so far as to say as like maybe, you know, he was pushed by the fans into being the poster child of the emo movement. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't scoff at it. He didn't throw it away. He didn't turn his back on the fans. Like he accepted his role as the face and the band accepted their role as the band of the emo movement and they just they just went with it and you know and now gerard is doing what he loves he's doing comics but that is still giving something back to your fans and he's not just it's not like he used his status to just say i'd like to write a comic now like like uh, above and beyond like um what's his face from slipknot Corey, Corey Taylor. Corey Taylor wrote a comic called uh, "The House of Bone and Gold" or something like that, mm-hmm. which I think is a Slipknot song, uh-huh. and it's like a five. Like nobody fucking cares, Corey. <laughs> yeah. Get no, out of here. Gerard Way again, like he did with My Chemical Romance, where it was like more than just recording an album and being done with it and hoping people latch on and support you because of how fucking rad your tunes are. He he made the band bigger than that by going so theatrical with it and putting all of that effort into it. And yeah. it's like you had the beginnings of it with their first album, you know, they're dressing up like vampires on stage and there's like a concept there and it grows with the second one. And then you get to the third and it's like a full, you know, it could have been a stage show on like Broadway. It yeah. could have been morphed into that somehow, I think. And uh, and then I think, you know, honestly, I think... They so yeah they went from like vampires and then they hit that like their revenge phase where they're all wearing bulletproof vests mm-hmm. and Gerard had like the red stripe across his eyes all the time and the or they would wear the crazy eighty eight masks you yeah. know uh, and then they they did they morphed into the Black Parade and it became this whole theatrical production and their album was a rock opera and like it had meaning and it had depth um, even more so than the other two albums but then I think. As theatrical as Black Parade was, they went even more theatrical with Killjoys, with like the whole you know dystopian future and the laser guns and the scarecrows and the vampires that aren't scarecrows and vampires. That's like you know they're characters in yeah. this world, and then writing a comic book that follows up to the story of the album, like you know. I, I know, I know Killjoys is not as strong of an album as Black Parade, but Killjoys is much more theatrical and has a grand spectacle to it. Yeah, that, the universe is more expansive, I guess right. you could say. You can tell more stories in this Killjoys universe than you can in the Black Parade yeah. universe. And that's, that's, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, Black Parade's 
concept was amazing and it yeah. could have been a stage play. And somehow. no one else was doing anything like that at the time. No. I remember reading an interview with him when it first came out and he was like, people are going to think we're crazy, but he's like, we made basically our third album. Um, we asked what we would be doing on our fifth or sixth album and we just did that, you know, so they, they just jumped ahead without anyone's permission and yeah. that's awesome yeah and uh and then so going from killjoys to his work at dc you know as opposed to using his clout as the front man of mcr and he could have probably just said i have an idea i'd like to make a, a six issue run of this or that and then being done with it he takes on a new role as curator of a an actual imprint at dc comics yeah. that he's responsible for now presiding over several different books and i'm sure they're going to be more going forward and he's still writing you know comics and and i'm sure that he's probably got new music ideas in mind too but you know what it comes down to here is he is giving back he's putting something out into the world for other people to enjoy and that's what it's about you've got to you've got to focus on that you can't really be concerned in my opinion with like you know, getting rich or the kind of house that you want to have. Yeah. Uh, I mean, everyone would be cool to have this or that, yeah, but I think if that's your main drive, the you've got your, your focus, your awareness on the wrong thing. But you just, you know, you just, you, you have to, you have to make do with what you're doing. Like, I know, you know, I know, uh, I, I get I get frustrated a lot because I feel like I work all the time and it and I str- I struggle with money. But the flip side of that is that I do make sure and I kind of make a point to make sure that I'm comfortable in the way I'm living in the sense that like I know what I enjoy, I know what I like, I know what my interests are, you know, I know what I want to fill my time with. And so I spend money to fill my time with those things. I spend my money to fill my time with comics, with horror movies, you know, with like, you know, experiences with Lindsay, like those kind of things. And, and, you know, I think I just don't have the wherewithal to uh, acquire all that in uh, small increments. Yeah, I just want it all right now. Yeah, <laughs> and that's where you know that's where I slip up, but I still you know I still like as hard as money sort of is for me to manage. I'm still like overall pretty happy like with like where I am. I'm glad that I have a large collection of horror movies that I can just every you know almost every night. It's just like okay, what movie do you want to watch? And I'm just pulling you know from from all all genres and from movies from the 1950s all the way to 2016 you know, I've got a little bit of everything and then the same with comics like I'm glad that I have five and a half long boxes gonna probably need six long boxes soon you know so I don't know the bottom line is you can't work somewhere for three weeks and three weeks in a row ask to change the schedule to accommodate for yourself 
Now, part of the reason my new employee is doing this is because there are some medical things going on in her family. She had a medical leave first, which was fine. I completely understand and I covered for her. And now her dad has some medical things that she needs to help out with. And, like, I get that. But, like, my dad's going to have open-heart surgery in a week. And my mom was like, hey, what can you do? And I was like, well, I'm off this day and this day. Mm-hmm. I can help, but I am working this time, this time, this time, this time, blah, 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 blah. Like, I have to fucking work. Yeah. That's my job, you know? It's what you do. That's That's what you do. So... You just have to, you you know, you just have to do it. You have, you just have to work. You have to work. And I do a lot. You know, you work with your son. Yeah. Well, yeah. If I wasn't doing it, someone would be charging me yeah. <laughs> a lot of money. Yeah. So, you know, as a stay at home dad here, I'm lucky enough mm-hmm. to be able to, to do that to where it makes sense financially, you know where people have made some comments here and there. I, I really don't give a shit what anyone thinks. They don't know what the numbers look like if I were to sit down with yeah. Jess and like talk it out and see, okay, well, when I left GameStop, it was just like, I mean, we could send our, our son to daycare and pay out fucking over $1,000 a month, you know? possibly more, possibly two grand, depending on where you're going. Um, maybe more than that. It's fucking expensive. Yeah. But in the end, it was like, well, for that little bit of extra money, it doesn't make any sense for, for me to keep working. She had the shop. I stay home with him now. That's just what we do. That's, that's how it's worked out. And I'm not, uh, I'm not going to be like, the martyr parent some some parents out there act like it's the worst thing and oh my god you have no idea what it's like to be a stay-at-home parent i've heard that before like i you know been it when i was working at gamestop i think once or twice uh i i had a talk to the customer who like you know was coming in to get a game or whatever it was and i i had said you know they had said like oh like i'm really pumped to play this but like you know i'm just trying to find time and like i'm kids and whatever and yeah i I do remember one particular time this guy was like oh like i'm i think it was with the witcher 3 yeah i was like oh this is so good but like i I have such a hard time you know finding time to play it it's so big and he was like yeah i know i i uh i wanted to pick it up i'm really excited to play but like it's just hard to find time like you know my kids and everything he's like i'm a stay-at-home dad and I was just like, oh, God, that's, like, my dream job. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, you, he was like, it's it's awesome, but you have no idea how hard it is. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck how hard it is. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just want to stay home I've with nev- children. I've never bitched about it to anyone. No, and you I haven't. Won't. So there are some days where, like, especially early on, when, you're, when your child is truly, like, a child child, like a baby age... And he's just, you know, when he would be screaming or something for hours at a time and you can't do anything about it and you just have to sit and fucking take it. Yeah. 
I mean, it tests you and you just have to like walk away and just sit and stare off into space as there's a baby screaming in the background because there's nothing you can do. You know, even now there are some tough days, but I would much rather be home with my son teaching him to be the type of person that he should be and, and hanging out with him and doing this and that. Much rather be doing that than fucking dealing with dumbass customers somewhere. You know, it's not all fun and games. There's not a lot of downtime, to be honest with you, especially with everything we're doing. Yeah, it's like if I've got if I've got him taken care of and he's like minding his own business and occupied with something, it's like I'm working on band stuff now. Yeah, so I'm thankful that I'm I'm able to do that, and our setup has allowed me the opportunity to treat this band more like a, a full-time job than I've ever had an opportunity to, to treat music before. Yeah. But it's all about, you know, but everything we're doing is about giving it away to the people that want it. Yeah. And and trying to improve it constantly, yeah. you know. I, even even just the, the shows we're doing, I mean, if you listen to this episode of the podcast compared to the first one, sure there's a market improvement there. I would hope so. (laughs) Or if you watch, you know, the first episode of Super Scary and compare it to the one we're putting out this week or what we did last week, you know, we're taking steps forward. That's, yeah, that's what it's about because what we release, we want people to enjoy it. And I think the better the quality, the deeper enjoyment people will get out of it. Yeah. So, and we want, and we want you guys to be involved. You know, we say it a lot and so far nobody's been involved. I think we we have like this semi steady increase in listeners and this semi steady increase in watchers. I mean, you know, I think uh, when you posted, uh, it was either super scary or super fanatics last week. So the the young animals showcase or the changeling, I don't know which one. But by the time I watched it, which was very soon after you had posted it, it already had like seven views. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. Like, in the first, I don't know, ten minutes, seven people are like, yep, I want to watch this. Yeah. And, you know, f- for this this slow but kind pretty kind of steady increase in viewership, we just want you guys to know that we want you to interact and we want you to be a part of this mm-hmm. because everything that we're doing is... We're, we want it to be out there for you to enjoy. And if you enjoy it, we want to know that you enjoy it. And we want you to participate. Because this is what we're, this is what we're doing with our lives. You know, this is what takes up all of our time outside of my work and my girlfriend and, and, and my immediate family. I mean, other than those three things, this, this band is is it and I spend all of my time coming up with ideas for it or what are we going to do on the next show or you know I'm just like waiting with bated breath to hear the music so I can start writing music again and you know once we start once we start collaborating on music that's going to be a whole nother day really like during the week you know yeah. if, you, if you think about it a whole other day that we're gonna have to get together or you know uh, the equivalent amount of hours we're gonna have to add on to the days that we record shows because 
we have to be practicing now and we have to be learning things together yeah and all that stuff so we're working our asses off for and none of this is a pity party no we just just, want you to enjoy it i love working this hard yeah me too it's great because i feel like it's going towards something even if even if it doesn't look like it right now yeah I feel more confident about this and I feel more excited about this than I have with anything I've done before. And that's even, even more so than when I was in a signed band, you know, because I feel 100% passion towards this project. And, and I think that, uh, having you on board is, you know, it's only increased that passion because you're right there with me, you know, and, and we're, we're doing the damn thing Yep. and continue to do so. And so like with the uh, interaction stuff, like if you're listening, if you listen regularly, if you have any comment, any, uh, anything that you can offer up, like what you would enjoy um, more of or ways that we can improve. It doesn't have to be a circle jerk. We're not just looking for people yeah. to tell us we're doing a great job. Like yeah. if there's something we're doing that you hate, and you think we could replace with something else, you know, or, or we should focus more time on this or that or whatever it is. You know, if you have any ideas, we always want to hear it because as Bender was saying, if you're listening right now, you're the reason why we record this and put it up. Otherwise, we just have our conversations and fucking keep it between ourselves. <laughs> yeah, like, fuck yeah. you guys. But, not, but no. It's my gripe with bands, and you hear this, it's very pretentious. Uh, when bands say like well we really don't care if anyone listens or not we just we write what we want to write and we record it and you know we don't give a fuck (laughs) well you do you should if you didn't care at all you wouldn't go through the trouble of making recording and putting it online right if you record something and release it you're doing so with the intention of having people listen to it and enjoy it yeah otherwise there'd be literally no reason to bother Right. You can stay in your basement or in your practice space and just play and jam and you'll be fine. If that's all you want to do, you can do that. But if you take that extra step, you're not fooling anyone. You release music, you release a podcast, you release a movie. Maybe you've satisfied some creative urge, but you know, bottom line, you want people to watch or to hear what you've done. Yeah. So so just 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 keep that in mind everybody just know that we're doing this for you and we want you guys to be involved you know we love doing this and we love sharing it and uh and that's 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 the bottom line we're working for you the approach this time is much different than any band that I've ever been in before you know I I'll check our YouTube account, and every time we get a new follower, it feels like a, a victory. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that in a way that, like, I don't expect people to follow us. I'm just, I'm, like, cherishing every single person that subscribes to our YouTube account or every time we get a new like on Facebook because we're not using any adders. You know, we're not trying to fluff up our numbers like yeah. I've done in bands in the past because that's kind of what you feel pressured into doing you know you look at other bands around and it's like oh they've got this many so we need to get up to that level and it's like we're not doing that we're just we're releasing our shit 
you know, we're trying to make new connections, but we're not going to use any unethical or questionable means to get there. Right. So it makes it feel much more special each time you have someone else come into the fold because you know that they're there out of, uh, you know, an admiration for what you're doing. It's honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not, we, uh, it's not that we don't care who listens to it or don't care if you don't. It's that we specific, we care more about like if you legitimately like it. Yeah. If you don't like it, you, you don't have to listen to it, but you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna write pat our numbers with these people that are just sort of the, the like for like crowd. Yeah. You know, we're not going to like this band and then have them like us back just so that it looks like we have more people following us. Like, if you follow us and you listen to our things, we are genuinely interested in what you have to say and what you think. And we want only people that want to follow us yeah. to follow us. Because then, if and when you know, we make it to that point where we have a thousand followers or 10,000 followers or whatever we'll know we'll know and we'll be satisfied and happy that every single one of those people made the decision to follow us themselves right and it wasn't just like a pity like or yeah or an exchange as you said which is why our twitter account looks like a joke <laughs> we've got like 13,000 followers and we'll have maybe one or two likes on everything that i post on there. yeah well that's 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 residual from yeah other things that's residual from other things but i mean yeah whatever 13,000 people are at least gonna see our shit <laughs> maybe you see the thing is like the problem is when you get up into those numbers like who the fuck's looking yeah when you've I got no when you've got 13,000 people following you you know Probably 12,000 of those people did a like for like. So they're like for liking everybody. So those people probably have thousands of followers. But they're not getting retweets. And they're not no. retweeting you. Because they're probably following 12,000 people. So they're probably not even seeing your shit. No. Because they're seeing 12,000 other people's posts constantly. When you get up into that number, it's like... Why you can't even, even keep up. Yeah. Even if you wanted to see someone's post that you were following, you'd have to probably go to their page to do it because your feed would just be bombarded. Yeah. Like every time you refresh, there's probably like a hundred new tweets from people I that you don't even give a shit about. I can't, so. even, I can't even handle Twitter. That's why I left Twitter. It's just like, ugh, it's all up in your face. Yeah. You know, and I can't, I could never justify following people or like a lot of people because I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna see your shit. I'm not gonna like live on Twitter to make sure that I get the latest update on like what these 400 people are doing. Yeah. And Twitter, I feel like I don't. I mean, I don't fucking know because I'm not on it. But I feel like Twitter is kind of like it might be a little bit better designed than Facebook because it's like just your update, your status update basically. So you're not being marred with like news articles and things like that unless you follow the fucking news. Yeah. But 
And so, like, I, I, I get that. I get that when I get on Facebook, all I fucking see is, like, goddamn memes and news videos. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody posts what they're feeling or, like, what happened or blah. That's why I, when I get on Facebook, I fucking post, like, something funny that happened to me, something that I recently bought, mm-hmm. or just, like, something good. Yeah. You know? I almost never post anything negative because if I'm going to bitch about something it's going to be to Lindsay because she's right there and she'll listen or you I'll bitch to you you know and I I don't post anything like too personal because I don't need 350 people seeing it like the other day Lindsay's friends with a shitload of people on Facebook but that's because she's a tattoo artist and that's what you know that's what you do that's how you get your work out there as a tattoo artist but the other day, some chick on her timeline who she's never met, she doesn't know anything like that, posted about how she was going to fucking kill herself. And in the comments, it was just like all of these people like, what the fuck, blah, blah, blah. And she was just like, nah, I'm going to kill myself. I hate life. Fuck my son. He can go up for adoption. I don't care about anything. Like six hours later. Six hours later, she's post. She posted a picture of her son and just was like, "My whole world don't know what I would do without him." Like people are fucking crazy. I know, <laughs> but, but I'm sure that there are probably just as many people like supporting her on the the second picture. Oh yeah, just, you forget about the first one now. Completely. Yeah. Never and, mind that you were gonna kill yourself six hours ago. It's like now, oh, you go. Great job, you're a great parent. Yeah. You know. I think my, my my point that I was getting at between like Twitter and Facebook is that like sometimes when you refresh Facebook, like shit just disappears. Yeah. Like you, you know, you're looking for a stat you see someone's status, you you refresh and then their status is just like gone forever. Facebook's chronological listing method is just fucked. Yeah. Like it's just wrong. So I feel like even if you're following like 12,000 people on Twitter, you can scroll through Twitter and it will give you a chronological update of all 12,000 people yeah. like as it's happening. Yeah. Like, so, okay, that's, that's fine and everything. I, I think that that's better than Facebook, but still, if you're following 12,000 people, you're, you're not going to spend 45 minutes scrolling through every tweet, mm-hmm. checking up on every person, figuring out who's doing what. That's why I think you have to follow the people that you really want to read right. you know, or see pictures from. If you get up into the hundreds or thousands, then you're really going to have a tough time keeping up with seeing the things you actually want to see. I mean, how many celebrities' pages do you go to and it's like 10,000 followers, 52 following? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. They're not following many people. No. The people with the big accounts usually... Um, unless they're like for like type accounts. Yeah, then you can tell. You yeah. can always tell. Like if somebody Same on has... Instagram too. Yeah, exactly. That's why I treat. Well, I've tried to keep the amount of people we follow down to a minimum. You know, I feel like our ratio is pretty good there. We've got whatever around two fifty following us, and we're following like forty seven. Yeah, that's pretty good ratio. But I only follow people that I really give a shit to see, so. Yeah. Never played that game on there. Right. So, I don't, I don't know. I have noticed 
your little your little music business quick tips videos have <laughs> really been getting attention. Yeah. A lot of attention. Yeah. And I'm happy about that. For some reason. I don't know why, but it's great. I mean, it's awesome. The, what cracks me up is a lot of people that like those, I'll look at the, you know, people who are liking. I usually go to their pages when I see that someone's liked something of ours. And it's a lot of, like true motivational accounts like <laughs> success oriented accounts you yeah. know not all but i would say a good number of them maybe at least four out of every 10 likes on those those videos will be people who are promoting like motivational tips or like inspirational know, quotes and you know those people though are liking that shit based off your hashtags yeah and they're expecting you to just like Mm-hmm. like their shit back because that's what they're doing they're trying yeah. to just like hey look at me and I mean I get you know if you're going to their page you're at least looking at it so yeah. that's something but like every time some account likes my shit that's like that not necessarily a motivational thing but even like you know I don't know I post like a horror movie picture and then you go to somebody's account and it's just like all they post is just pictures of their movie collection. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, all right, like this is cool, yeah. and I and I stalk them for a little bit, but I'm like, I don't, I don't need to follow. Like, I don't need just a picture of a movie in my yeah. news feed. Yeah, you know, like I like I, t- I I take pride in my Instagram account because I show people a lot of things that I purchased, so it satisfies that urge mm-hmm. for people scrolling through Instagram like oh what did everybody else spend money on <laughs> yeah. but then I also like post pictures of my fucking face yeah you know or my dog mm-hmm. or my cat like hey this is my literally this is just my life this is what I do on a daily basis yeah and it's cool yeah. I think I think it's cool follow me on Instagram bender butt yay <laughs> yeah. that's b-e-n-d-e-r-b-u-t-t you never promote yourself. I don't promote myself. I never do. That's literally like the first time I ever promoted myself. But I have a separate account from the band. Yeah. And Nick I, doesn't have his own account. I do, but I stopped using it just because it's been... Well, when I first started doing the band Instagram as well, there wasn't a way that I could switch back and forth easily. Right. There is a big now. pain in the ass. Yeah. So I just started using it as if it were a personal account. Right. And... I mean, I could go back to using both. I don't think you need to, though. It's okay, because you can post on the band account anytime you want to as well. Yes. Yeah. Pretty transparent here. Yeah, but if you guys want to peek behind the curtain a little bit more, I think Nick Nick offers uh, a a good peek behind the curtain, but still a lot of it has to do with the band. Yeah. Like, it still is very, like, music oriented and like band oriented and stuff but if you want even a farther peek behind into what at least one of our personal lives is like you guys can follow me yeah on instagram and i'll post i only post like once a week too i'm not gonna fucking spam your shit because i'm not like that i just stalk people on instagram yeah i don't know i don't know it's all it's all crazy this is my last week of work before vacation, though. How long you got off? A whole fucking week. What are you gonna do? Hopefully, just hang out with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure we will. Yeah. Any games mm-hmm. you're trying to get to? 
I mean, maybe maybe Tomb Raider. Right? Maybe, you know, because I'm only like 30% done with it. So maybe a significant portion of that, but... I'm starting to I'm starting to fall out of it though. Yeah. Just like my whole motivation for playing, you know, and it it's kind of it kind of sucks, but I'm also kind of like okay with it. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm not I'm not anticipating any games coming out. Like I don't really I'm not up on it. I don't know what's happening. So I'm starting to I'm starting to fall out of that whole like oh this is coming out I can't wait to play it and this is coming out I can't wait to play it and so I still you know we've talked about open world games before I still think Tomb Raider is a little less open world than you know what it's what it's more what I prefer yeah but it's it's I think what is getting me is it started to get a little daunting. It started to get a little big. And I was kind of like, okay, oh my God, you know. So I'll I'll try to pick it up in, in the week that I'm off. We'll, we'll see. Because I'm having a staycation, guys. If you want to hang out with me, hit me up on Facebook or Instagram. Bend your butt. Yeah, you can hang out with me and my dog. Go to the dog bar. Yeah, we can go to the dog bar. I still don't think I would take him yet. He's too young. Yeah. He would just. He wouldn't really. He just wouldn't know what to do. I. You know. He won't just sit in a spot. I don't need him just like running around. He doesn't bother people, but still. Mm-hmm. He just needs to be a little older. Just a little older. I'm gonna try and get through Dead Rising. Yeah. Before the next one comes out. Next week. (laughs) (laughs) Next week. I beat the second one in like two days. Right. So if I can, if I can find some time, if I can get most of our stuff done quickly for this week, then I might be able to carve out enough time to. You could. You could. uh, You could use uh, super tokens. I could do that. Just to just to get you know get your play time in so that you uh, finish it up before. Before uh, the new one comes out. Yeah. It's true. Oh, well. I wanted to talk about your podcast with Jason last week, but maybe we can touch on that next next time. I forgot to bring that up. Just like how it went. And I know you guys were talking about top ten lists and stuff. Oh, so. yeah. Well, I mean, we can touch on it briefly here. Yeah. I mean, it... You listened to the whole thing, didn't you? Uh, yes. Or most of it? I did listen to the whole okay. thing. I finished it. Yeah, if you listened to last week's episode, Bender was not here. I was post-cousin's wedding. Yeah. I was not feeling too hot the day I woke up, and quite honestly, I just was... I was not up for a trip to Columbus. I, if, you know, if Jason had been down here, I probably yeah. could have managed it. I just, I really just didn't want to be in a car. Didn't want to make the hour and a half drive. I know it's to, not, it's not even that long. Well, no, but, I'm just, but it's not, it's not like we only had to go ten minutes. Yeah, so. I just, it just if wasn't hung over, driving an hour and a half to and fro. Yeah, yeah. I was really bummed out that I missed it too, because I, I was really excited to have to, to be on with Jason, and you know, I was excited to like see his place and you know spend more spend more time with him because i you know i've really only 
hung out with him like two or three times. So I, you know, I was really looking forward to that, but I was just not. This this is not good. Uh, good day. Well, we had a good time, yeah. and I think we're all like we talked about. He might come back for like our year end episode. Yeah, that could be really cool. Our top tens and movies and music and video games. So, whatever else we can come up with. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I don't know if I can remember them all, but we could do a top ten beers, obviously. Yeah. You know, we'll do our. We're. I don't know if you, I think we mentioned it on a prior podcast, but we are going to do a year in review mm-hmm. of. Uh, well, on the podcast, we'll do all our beers, but we'll we'll do a year in review on Super Fanatics of all the comics and Super Scary of all the movies, and that'll be on those shows respectively. Yeah. yeah. But maybe the first episodes of January. Yeah, it can be yeah, it can be a 2016 year in review, and then yeah. we're going to start keeping track uh, all throughout 2017 and beyond, so that we can do entire year review episodes. Yeah, uh, a series of them towards the end of the year. But, but yeah, I I did like I, I enjoyed the the podcast with Jason. I'm glad you got to discuss wrestling a little bit. Yeah, with somebody who fucking cares about <laughs> wrestling. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe someday you'll find your way into that realm. Maybe someday. I feel like hanging out with you, doing Super Scary has... I mean, I always liked work to begin with, I guess, so it's a little bit different than you and wrestling, but yeah, it's, it's uh, rekindled my... I think interest in horror. I think I can. I'm I'm comfortable taking credit that you've become a little bit more of a horror buff since we've started hanging out. Yeah, yeah. Like, like exactly. You always liked it, but I, f- I feel like you're starting to get into that whole behind the scenes. Yeah. Let's go. You know, maybe let's go to horror hunt and meet people, mm-hmm. and let's. Uh, I like all the connections. Yeah. I like finding out kind of the same way in music where it's like oh this guy used to play in this band this band. i like finding out that shit in movies like this writer worked on this film with this guy and yep. all that stuff is interesting to me i just realized the other day uh so i love this movie terror vision uh-huh. and this guy garrett graham is in terror vision and the other day arrow video posted because it was his birthday but they posted a picture of uh, him and apparent I didn't even realize he's in Phantom of the Paradise. Oh, and I was just like, oh shit, Gary Graham, Phantom of. I've met him once. I met him once. He's really funny. That's cool. But yeah, I love just all the these directors work with these actors mostly, and these actors like to work with each other. Mm-hmm. And this person was in this horror movie, and then they were in this horror movie, and and then sometimes you get sometimes you get like the connections outside of whatever medium you're talking about like i saw um i was looking at norman reedus's instagram account uh and there was a picture of him like hanging out backstage with slayer i was like that's pretty sweet yeah <laughs> like norman reedus just loves slayer and yeah gets, and gets to hang out with him i could i'm pretty sure he's like a big metal fan though yeah which i can totally see i can see that too he seems like a cool guy i've never i've never bothered to meet him because there's too many walking dead bitches in line you know <laughs> which i've i've become well jess and i have we're almost caught up now yeah but you're not a bitch about it like you're not a 12 year old girl who's yeah. like no zombies mm-hmm. no Daryl's i was my favorite 
I will say I'm I am and I can say this confidently I am an old school zombie fan yeah as as old school as I can be for my age like I was I was like right there fucking jazzed the first day Land of the Dead came out in theaters I went with Kyle to see that uh-huh. you know we drove I told you we drove to Pittsburgh to see um Diary of the Dead when that was released because it was only in select theaters. Yeah. And that was the closest one. We just watched that the other day because Lindsay bought it. Oh, yeah? Had you seen it before? I've seen it once before and I thought it was dumb and Lindsay was just like, no, this is the best one. And she bought bought it at FYE Mm -hmm. and even took it up to the counter and like, you know, put it on the counter. Of course, it was like used and it was like $1.99. Yeah. That's like how you know it's shitty. She puts it on the counter and the guy just goes... Man, this is my favorite of the dead movies. Like, it always gets a lot of shit, and he's like, I love it. And she was just like, See, uh-huh. see, people like it. And I was like, Nobody likes this movie. <laughs> now, it's definitely not as bad as uh, Survival of the Dead. I can imagine. Which is, God, so fucking bad. Really, really bad. Like, it's embarrassing that George Romero made that movie. It bothers um, me sometimes that, like, you get these directors, and I guess, you know, we we're talking about Zombie. And it kind of worked. It happened to him, but these directors have like two or three just like phenomenal movies, and then they just make shit for the rest of their careers. They just make bullshit, fucking retarded movies. Well, it's like you know the Romero movies up through um, Land. I because I love Land. Yeah, I think it's a really good movie. I still like it a lot. But after that, just. He forgot what he was doing somehow. Isn't there... So it's... There's Survival of... Diary of the Dead, Survival of the Dead. Isn't there like a Flight of the Dead or something like that? I don't think he... If there is, I don't think he had he anything to had do with it. Do with it. Yeah. Our, our Survival and Diary, the last two he did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Diary came out after Land and then Survival was after that. Yeah. And, ugh, God. <laughs> but, you know, I, I was there. For some reason, I've always loved the zombie movies before the zombie craze it's weird because i don't know it's just it's odd to me that 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 uh particular niche in horror became as big and and has become as big and still is as big as it's ever been yeah people are obsessed with zombies like it's just everywhere you know still 10 years after i think really the walking dead is what reignited it what was that and like I, I honestly think that like Call of Duty probably yeah. had something to do with it with the zombies and that and then yeah. how big Left for Dead became yep and it was like zombies everywhere and uh I don't know they're not they're not sexy the way vampires can be they're not particularly like scary they don't like horrify you I think that's what just, I think that's why people like them so much is because it's 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 uh, an accessible horror, and it's a it's a fairly non-threatening horror where you've got people that are like, man, I wish there would be a zombie apocalypse. Like yeah. I would just go running around shooting zombies all day long. I guess it's it's um, the thing about the zombie genre is that uh, I guess it shows people fucking up more than the monsters like almost as if 
It's like if you get killed by zombies, it's, it's because you fucked fault. up somehow, yeah. or your group fucked up. You know, there's. It's like the military underestimated how many there were going to be, and then they got overrun. You know, yep. and that's how you hear about like military compounds falling or cities falling. It's like, oh well, you know, it's a it's something that should be containable. But then you've got like the asshole who was like, well. My little girl got bit, and I just couldn't stand to put her down, so I kept her in the house, and then she got out and bit someone else, and then they got to someone yep. else, and then you eh, you can see that. Yeah. You can understand how that might happen, and you know that it shouldn't happen. I mean, how many times in The Walking Dead does somebody have, like, a zombie chained up because they can't shoot their own yeah. wife, daughter, son, husband, mm-hmm. brother, or keeping a room full yeah. because their whole family turned. They just couldn't do it. And then, you know, one person walks in unknowingly and gets overrun. Yeah, and it's your own fucking fault. Yep. Zombie apocalypse is your fault. But like you said, there are plenty of people out there. I just wish fucking zombie apocalypse would go down. So <laughs> probably you don't want that to yeah, happen. Yeah, probably but, not. Yeah. I don't know. I've never been a big fan of the zombie genre. I always thought it was kind of, just kind of like I'm. I'm pretty take it or leave it on zombies. I think there's, I think your Romero films are your classics, and then everybody else just kind of falls short. None, none of the. I don't like any of the. uh, I don't like Fulci's zombie. I don't, you know. I mean, Children of the Living Dead was funny, but it's obviously not a good movie, right? Um, Return of the Living Dead is good. Which yeah, I don't think you. No, I still haven't seen that. that. We're we're gonna we need to cover that on Super Scary sometime. Yeah, because I know that that's definitely revered as a classic uh, zombie movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know your Russo follow up or whatever. Yeah. But after that, like I tried to watch Day of the Dead, two, Con- Contagion. Oh god, that's fucking. It's awful. so so yeah. bad. Yeah. So I think that so one's, bad. I think that's on youtube for free yeah probably yeah. it's on hulu uh-huh. i tried watching it it's just god awful and you then know. but the dawn remake i enjoyed the dawn remake is really good i like it a lot i haven't watched land in a while but i do own it mm-hmm. that'd be a good one to go back to yeah but yeah i i remember i picked up zombie when i was in high school and i wasn't too wowed by it i always felt like romero was kind of the gold standard yeah in the zombie exactly yeah and so that's why i think children of the living dead became such a thing for me and kyle because we were huge fans of romero's movies so we watched that and it was like what yeah (laughs) because there weren't a million zombie movies out it was like oh here's a new zombie movie that someone made well it's yeah (laughs) I re- yeah, no, I agree. Romero is, you know, the four good Romero movies, Yeah, those are the standard to live up to, and I really don't think, you know, anyone has particularly lived up to them. The Unless, only, you know, but that's not that's not counting 28 Days Later. That's just what I was going to say. That's, I understand that that is a part of that genre, but again like we discussed on super scary it's really a virus it's a you know it's an infection movie it's Mm -hmm. a it's not a zombie movie so so barring 28 days and 28 weeks later i think that romero's four are your your gold standard and literally nobody has ever been able to really live up to it and it's weird if you think about 
because it, it seems like it should be pretty easy. Yeah. Shaun of the Dead, maybe. Yeah. Shaun of the Dead yeah. is up there. And then I would put, I would put The Walking Dead. Like I think if you made a movie out of The Walking Dead, it could exist on that same plane. I think the TV show does. Yeah. It's just that's a show, not it's not. A it's movie. not a movie, right? Uh, I don't know, but yeah, but I I I I'm kind of I'm like I said I'm pretty take it or leave it on zombies. Uh, I think if I had to pick like a classic monster, I'm I'm probably more vampire. I just think they're cool i like the the range mm-hmm. of vampires where you can have like the old school ones or you can have very modern ones or you can whatever because they're fucking immortal and shit i like yeah. werewolves as well i kind of wish there were more good werewolf movies yeah because there's there's like american werewolf in london and the howling and then underworld if you count those but i feel like those are a little more action, action. um I think Dog Soldiers is supposed to be a good one. Uh, Silver Bullet is another one. There's one on Netflix. Uh, fuck. Did you ever see the uh, the new one with Benicio Del, Del Toro. Toro and Anthony Hopkins? Yeah, I never no. saw that one. It was on Sci-Fi the other day at work, hmm. and I watched part of it, and I did get to see the transformation scene. Um, I don't get this whole this whole universal monster revival you don't I, like it? it's not that I don't none, it's not, none of them are good mm-hmm. they're like they're trying to revive these these classic classic characters and some for some reason I feel like these characters just need to be classic I've grown up in a time where Frankenstein, Dracula, uh, the Wolfman, the Invisible Man, Creature from the Black Lagoon have been your classic monsters. And to try to to try to remake that, something that is so ingrained as as a classic, you know, uh, really dug in. I just don't, no, none of them have been near par for, like, what those movies accomplished. I mean, you've got The Wolfman, Dracula Untold, Victor Frankenstein, uh, and, you know, for, because there's no other example, you could do, like, The Mummy with Brendan Fraser. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a universal reboot um, before they decided to do this whole shared universe reboot. Um, and I think of all of those movies, the mummy is the strongest. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't seen Dracula or Victor Frankenstein, but I've not good, heard good things about either of them or the Wolfman. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, I, uh... well, you know, what gives me hope is you could have said the same thing about Godzilla pre the newest not well i guess there's a newer one released in japan that's more like the old school shin Shin godzilla shin godzilla uh but before the newest one with brian cranston you would have looked at the matthew broderick jack black godzilla and probably said the same thing where it's like well here's a character that i don't know if we can really pull off because 
everyone has their idea of what Godzilla is, is, what Godzilla looks like, what those movies should be like, and it's very, very, very much stationed in the past and as a product of that time. So if you want to redo it, it's going to have to be really fucking good, and you're going to have to do it in a way that somehow breaks away from the original while... But keeps the aesthetic and keeps the charm and keeps keeps whatever it is that makes those movies the classic. The it factor. The it factor. Which is tough to nail down. That's why you call it the it factor. Because you can't exactly say what it is. Right. But you know there's something about it that the Matthew Broderick version did not capture. But that the new one, in my opinion, did. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. So if, if they could find a way to do that with the Universal Monsters in 2016 or 2017 then maybe but but i just worry that you know it's one of the they're one of those franchises that's kind of falling into like fantastic four yeah level where like they've tried and tried and tried and now there's going to be another fantastic four reboot it's like okay how many times are you going to try this before you realize like it just fucking sucks yeah like the Fantastic Four is a cool concept. Like, I know it's a pretty decent comic book. Like, it has a huge following, but your movies are falling flat every time. Because I think they're not sticking to the source material. Mm-hmm. You know, what the fuck was up with that new Fantastic Four movie? It was it was awful. There was nothing in that that pointed towards what the Fantastic Four is in the comics. Doctor Doom was nothing like what he is in the comics. They didn't go up in a spaceship and hit a storm together. Like, it was like a whole nother portal into a dimension, and they're going to come back out of it with powers, like... And then they were militarized and stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. no, they're a family. They're the first family of Marvel. Like, that's what their deal is. You need to make that, because that's what it is. So, So, I... I don't know. I, I think I just worry. Yeah, I just worry that the the universal monsters that they're just going to keep trying, and every time it's just going to be like, well, it's not as good as the original. Well, it's not as good as the original. Yeah. You know. And I don't know. I guess you shouldn't stop trying, but I have not made any sort of effort to see any of them. You know. But that's that's just that's just me, I guess. Well, maybe we'll have to to give it a go and check them out just to be sure. We can do a super scary on you know we can do a we can do a a double feature on like Wolfman and Dracula Untold or something or see what's going wrong. <laughs> yeah, or you know Untold and Victor Frankenstein because I think Victor Frankenstein's the newest one. Um, and we can we can try. Maybe so. Maybe in maybe in the new year, yep. twenty seventeen, we'll, yep. we'll check those out. Well, I guess that's probably gonna wrap us up for this week. Yeah, nice uh, extra long one, just because we haven't, you know, we haven't bullshitted in a in a week since yeah. I wasn't there last week. So, got you guys a, an extra long, hot and ready, fresh cast. Yeah, brought to you by Little Caesars. Yeah, please sponsor us. <laughs> um, and, uh, I guess we'll see you this weekend on Super Fanatics and Super Scary. Yeah.
show and show. What is this little thing on your keyboard here? Oh, that is a broken Matt Hardy. <laughs> Are you familiar with him? No. Well, his his uh, his catchphrase is delete. Delete. Yeah. He always talks about how he's going to delete people, and he has this hand motion. Delete. Delete. Uh, delete. So I put his face on my delete key. All right. So. Uh, all right. Yeah. There you go. I tweeted a picture of that to him, and he liked it. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I, I believe I said something like, wanted to share a picture of my broken keyboard with you. <laughs> so, that's that. I guess, I'm sure he appreciated it. He did. Um, so that's, uh, that's this week's goddamn episode. Yeah. And next week we'll be back here on Tuesday. And it will be our first episode of December. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, oh, oh, I'll be on vacation, I think. Oh, yeah. I'll be on fucking on vacation. vacation. On my staycation. Uh, so I'll be here for the episode. Don't you guys worry. So Bender's going to vacation on At the podcast Nick's house. here. It'll be a very special vacation episode. Yeah. I'll wear my Bermuda shorts and we'll <laughs> drink like... We'll, we should get mixed beverages for like island beverages. Okay. For next week and... And we can wear um, we can wear Hawaiian shirts. Not that anyone's gonna see, but maybe we can do our super scary and super fanatics in the same attire. Yeah, yeah. we'll vacation have episodes. vacation episodes. <laughs> I'm into it. I don't have a Hawaiian shirt. I'm sure you have plenty. I have one that I wear oh, Buffett every damn. year. Uh, same one. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll go to Goodwill or something. That's where I found mine. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, maybe I'm. Maybe I'll be in luck. Yeah. Anyways, uh, until then, you can check us out all across social media. Um, make sure to hit us up on facebook.com slash superdivorce, Twitter at superdivorce, Instagram at superdivorceband, uh, Snapchat at superdivorce, uh, the Divorce Club on Facebook. You can follow me personally on Instagram at benderbutt. Uh, and uh, you can email us divorceclub at superdivorceme.com and superdivorceme.com is your one stop shop for all things in the super divorce superverse you can go there to link to all of our YouTube shows each one has its own tab mm -hmm. with, uh, with an episode rundown and a list of episodes uh, you can link to the superstore which still has copies of Wish You the Best, I'm sure. Uh, but don't worry, we we we're getting we're getting there with music. We, we are. are almost there, people. We are. We're almost there. Very close. Uh, yeah, and SuperDivorceMe.com has the Super Blog too. Yeah. On Sundays, mm -hmm. so uh, make sure you give all that a look. Um, get in touch with us. We want to hear from you. Like I, we said in the intro and in the episode, we want to hear from you guys. Just. Uh, just hang out, you know? This yeah. is what we do. Just yeah. hang out. So, um, hopefully we hear from at least one of you before next week. We'll talk about it on the show. Yeah, we will. We'll call you out. And yep. And uh, Give you your due recognition. Be sure to look out for Super Tokens, you know, on Thursday. Super uh, Fanatic Show and Tell on Wednesday. 
And then our two, hopefully our two Krampus episodes uh, of Super Fanatics and uh, Super Scary this weekend, Friday and Saturday. Yep. And then uh, we'll, we'll see you guys next Tuesday. We'll see you next Tuesday. Have Bye. a good week. Bye. Bye.